What's crack a everybody? Mighty Smart Guy, Matt Zappala here. Hey, let's see you from Dallas, Texas, and back in the studio after a week in Las Vegas. And if you're looking at the live stream right now, you're probably wondering why I got this big old tissue in my nose. Let's cut to our co-host here, Milton Avros, in studio with me. Milton, what do you have in your nose? <laughs> tissue. <laughs> it never fails, man. Every single year for one of your conventions. <laughs> Woo! When you're around thousands and thousands of people... <laughs> You're playing top-notch security for for you, trying to pull back people out the way, get people out, 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 out of your way, trying to get to your room or to the event, man. It never fails. That I always get sick. Dedicated, man. Dedicated, and we do. We did everything. I mean, we got a vitamin boost. We got IVs. We took. Uh, still <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> we're still getting over, but uh, nonetheless, the show must go on. Speaking of the show, we have a packed episode here for you today welcome to episode 32 man trey deuce we are here and so we're gonna be talking about michael Ower. if you guys watched the uh, movie the blind side a lot of craziness is going on between um, himself his adoptive parents or supposedly adoptive parents we'll talk about that here in a second a lot of money also is uh being talked about left and right on, online why married couples make more money one word you won't find in hebrew and why barbara corkin doesn't invest in rich kids and every father's struggle right here on this podcast here, a podcast dedicated to help you think like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire, so therefore you, one day you can become a first-generation cash flow millionaire. So with that being said, uh, Milton, uh, Michael Orr here, let's talk about The Blind Side. Did, did, you, did you watch the movie when it first came out? Yeah. So the movie I came love out, this movie. Yeah, the movie came out, in, what, it, it was in, uh, in 2009, so it's about uh, an underprivileged Sandra kid. Sandra Bullock? Yeah, Sandra Bullock was yeah. the, uh, the mother, and uh, Tim McGraw was a... Uh, uh, he played the father. So it's basically about an um, um, underprivileged Af Af African-American teenager who's living on the streets, impoverished, yep. um, who his life got completely transformed by a quote-unquote generous family that- Generous was Christian to, family. Christian family. Yeah. was able to bring him in and help him get back on his feet and then expose him to the opportunities of making it to the big league since right. his size and his potential that he had, which then in turn, when he grew up, he was able to make it to the big leagues and that brought a lot of inspiration to a lot of people. Um, and again, it, it gave a lot of, uh, it was a, basically a touching story uh, that spoke about personal growth, family, and the impact on what mentorship can do for someone. You know, uh, we had a uh, conference in New Orleans, 2016, 2015, I'm sorry, 2015, 2016, one of those years in New Orleans. And uh, one of the Tui families, uh, the daughter, the Eliane Tui, the mother, and then I forget what her name was, but anyway, the daughter came to our conference. She did a talk about what it was like to take, because um, you know, the whole stereotype was like, listen, you have this Christian white family, yeah, bringing in this big brother, sixteen year old, and they're both sixteen years old. And you know, is that weird? Is it odd? You know, the whole stereotype. Why would you uh, bring this kid who's homeless into your home? La da da. But listen, it was Christian love yeah. all the way through, and you know, the whole upbringing and the younger brother. You know, these kids are looking at. Michael Orr is a big brother, and so he went to old old, old Miss, got drafted by the um, Baltimore Ravens, but now it comes out that things aren't as clean as that movie portrayed. Because come to find out, Michael Orr really, according to his side of the story, wasn't really adopted. He was put under conservatorship, which meant that Leanne and her husband, who was played by Tim McGraw in the movie, yeah controlled his business life. They were basically signing documents yeah. uh, on his behalf, basically controlling his money, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So I'll give you my initial take on this. As I'm doing my back and forth, back and forth, it's 2023. He gets out of the league, what, 2016? Yeah. So seven years later, after getting out of the NFL, after playing five, six years in the NFL, now he's talking about money. So let me play devil's advocate here. Usually most NFL players, most professional athletes, they run out of money three, four, five, six years after getting out of the league. Out of the league, correct. So why now in February 2023 this year, he files a lawsuit, talk about you owe me money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's probably out of money. Yeah. So he's probably out of resources, and he's going back to the only thing that he can depend on, which was his quote-unquote adopted family, which really is a conservatorship. And lawyered up, went throughout this whole thing. Anyway... The family responded. They're obviously disappointed. If they wanted to end the conservatorship, they don't mind ending the conservatorship. My, but the, here's my other question. How come they didn't end the conservatorship? 
So if they needed to sign a conservatorship because he was, at the time he's what 16, 17, 18 years old, and they needed to sign for him because he's at that age where he's too old to be adopted. Yeah. Right. How come they didn't end the conservative ship when he got into the NFL? Like, dude, that's your money. You know, knock yourself out. And it's still unfolding. The details are unfolding unless you found some things that we can kind of no, no, that's, fill that, that, no, that's exactly what uh, everything that you just on. We actually had a TikTok video that was kind of breaking down everything that you were speaking on. Um, but uh, it actually spoke on they, uh, the family, the mom and the father. They actually have a book, and they talk about the entire thing, uh, the entire situation with you know, bringing them on board to their family, uh, their values, their principles, what they stand on, and they speak on how when they start getting these royalties from the blind side, they split these royalties in five different ways and one of the ways was for him and mm-hmm. being able to put that money in a trust for his son. Gotcha. Right? So, so again, same, same thing that as you basically stated, you know, what my question would automatically be, why did he wait this long? You know, could it be that he was just, that now that he, after X amount of time out of the NFL, uh, he's broke and now he needs a quick come up, you know? Um, and the, the movie made money. Yeah. It went all over the world. It's an inspiring movie, man. $300 million, $309.2 million to be exact. Why don't we take a look at the video? Yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's take a look at the video. It was the feel-good hit that won Oscar gold, but now the former NFL star whose real-life story inspired The Blind Side says it was all based on a lie. Kaylee Hartung with the stunning claims. Never had one before. What, a room to yourself? Can we fast, can we fast forward through this? A bit. Cut to the... The 2000... The couple tricked him in 2004, less than three months after he turned 18, into signing a document that made Sean and Leanne Tui his conservators, giving them full legal control over any of his contracts, but no familial relationship. It's a lie or says he discovered to his chagrin and embarrassment just six months ago. Well, a conservatorship is very different from an adoption. A conservatorship does not create a family relationship. It creates a legal responsibility. With that power, the petition alleges the Tuies negotiated the movie deal for The Blind Side in 2006. Orr claims the family made millions in royalties, while Orr says he received no payment whatsoever. The Tuies have not responded to comment, but in their 2010 book, In a Heartbeat, they said of the money made from the movie, we divided it five ways. Sean Tuey Jr. said in an interview today, the family was not surprised by the lawsuit. Let's pause. I get splitting the money five ways, but why should the two kids get split money? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why, why is the, uh, I get mom and dad. Yeah. So you really should be split three ways. They're the, they're the ones who brought them up. And yeah. then from the, their split, the parents split, they should get, give it to the kids. They, they should give it to the kids. Correct. So why are they equal party? I, I, by the way, I don't know the percentages. Yeah. And we're, we're continuing to find out. So I don't agree with that. He, yeah, he's the story. Yeah. Mom and dad are the story. The kids ain't part of the story, man. Yeah. So you should step aside or should have stepped aside and not be part of the split of, of, of the money. I know. I, let's continue this. I, I wanna, let's, let's continue to unravel this. The Tuies have not responded. It was the feel good. Mike Tuie Jr. said in an Jr. said in an interview today, the family was not surprised by the lawsuit. There were things back in 2020, 2021 that they were like, you know, if you guys give me this much, then I won't go public with things. Michael Orr is now 37 years old and retired after playing eight seasons in the NFL. Seasons, okay. He is asking the court to end the conservatorship and prohibit the Tuies from using his name and likeness and pay him his fair share. So okay. ending it makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, you're 37 years old. Yeah. You would assume that by the time you hit 18 years old, or at least by the time you get to, to the big leagues, mm-hmm. that, all right, it's done. We did our part. You know, we did our part. We took you out as, as, as a, yeah. a legal responsibility. But now you're of age. Now you can make your own decisions. Now you're an adult who's making your own money. You don't need us no more. If you want to help us in any way, if you want to like just be, continue being part of our family, if we mm-hmm. treat you correctly, mm-hmm. then great. Do it from your, kind of your own heart, but not in a legal manner where we are going to consistently be in your life because we're the, one who, we're the ones who put you on. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in if you're gonna give a help your hand on somebody and pull them up, pull them up. Don't expect anything in return ever. Zero from that. Yeah. If you're doing it from your own heart, fantastic. But if you're doing it with with your with the idea that you're just trying to get something out of it in the long run, you're doing it for, for completely wrong reasons. It's it's still an unfolding story, but you know it's 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 in a lawsuit, so it'll be public here in a second. Yeah. But it'd be sad to see if his NFL money went to them. Yeah. It puts a black eye in the Christian community. And to, to people who want to go out there and and uh, look out for folks. I mean, you should still look out for folks, but yeah. 
like what you said, if you're really looking out for folks, give without any expectation of something in return or even a thank you. Yeah. I don't even expect a thank you. You're giving because you're in charge of giving because this money that you have, this life that you have, it's not yours. It's been given to you. So it's your job to be a wise steward of it and, and, and given to others as much as has been given unto you. So mm-hmm. uh, what I don't like, though, is now after 30, at 37 years old, now he's going after this. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had to have some other advisors behind him outside his family. Yeah. And so if the family didn't unwind the conservatorship after he got drafted into NFL, I get it because of the movie. I just don't get it because of, you know, his money inside the NFL. I, I, I don't get that part. And why now after six, eight years of playing NFL, he's, he's nearing 40. Yeah. Why is this being... Well, let me ask you a question. Let me take it a step further. You wouldn't, you wouldn't assume or think that both parties are involved in this? To once again become relevant news, once again become relevant news, become the face of the news of what's happening, bring up the movie, bring anything up that could potentially bring more exposure to them once again, so they can continue to make more money. Because again, the, what the Blind Side was made what, in 2006, mm-hmm, 07, mm-hmm. 06. This was many years, and yes, it's a great movie, yeah. but yet even great things die out, and people forget you become a past thing. Mm-hmm. And now the endorsements, the yeah. royalties, and all that starts dwindling down, right? Mm-hmm. And, and both of them may be encountering some financial hardship. So, could this potentially be one of those stunts, celebrity stunts, where you cause a big chaos within the media, and at the end of the day, both of you guys come out winning because now you got the exposure that you want. It creates a lot of buzz. Yeah. Well, kind of like that guy. Who's that guy that faked uh, faked a uh, an attack in Chicago, and that. Uh, or the young lady in Atlanta that faked her being kidnapped. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I saw, yeah, saw that. A lot of these things are, are being, a lot of these things are <clears throat> stunts. So um, I don't know. Uh, it's been interesting that they both released books. <laughs> to your point, it's interesting yeah. how they've released books and memoirs of the whole situation. It's being brought up in this news uh, news report. But nonetheless, if you are out there and any aspiring athlete, especially right now in colleges, you are in charge of your brand. You got to make sure, and, and by the way, even even before we, sh- we were on the show, Jordan's around here asking to make sure that any things we bring on the show, yeah. we don't bring on anything that is branded. Otherwise, are they paying us to have this brand on our podcast? And even to this day, after three, four years of having my YouTube channel, after the 32 episodes here we've had on the Millionaire Goals podcast, for years, as much as I could have taken on a sponsor of the show, I haven't. This is all self-financed because we can talk about what we want to talk about, bring up topics we want to bring topics about. We're not sliding either way outside of our own growth and personal opinion about what's going on in the marketplace today. And based on how us as, as entrepreneurs look at the, at the world through the lens of the Bible and how we can make sure we make the right business decisions, financial decisions for the betterment of our, 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 our family. So interesting here, I want to go over this too as well because there's a lot of talk about conservatorship. So if we can take a look at my screen here, during other celebrities who live under conservatorships and guardianship. So Britney Spears is probably the biggest story about all this. Mm-hmm. And so here's other celebrities that have been under conservatorship. So we got Britney Spears. We got uh, Amanda Bynes. She was kind of like the, the Miley Cyrus mm-hmm. of, of, of her time, under conservatorship. Um, who else? Uh, L- Lindsay Lohan was part oh, of shit. conservatorship. Yeah. So in other words, her parents were making sure her money was taken care of, and basically she was you know, signing everything over to her folks. Uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Now, this is a guy, guy that's incapacitated because... He got hit in the head, one of the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, uh, this dude, right? Yeah. So it couldn't happen to, again, it's not a, an ad- adoption. It's not a familial relationship. It's who's in charge of my stuff. Uh, uh, John Mitchell, who else here? Um, let me go down here further. Oh, remember Casey Kasem back in the day? Yeah. Uh, uh, America's Top 40, he was the uh, voice for that. He was on a conservatorship because he was dying and some, some conservatorship paperwork was put in place so therefore they can take care of him. Uh, who else? Casey Kasem. Uh, this guy, Mickey Mickey Rooney. This is a picture when he was young. Everybody knows him when he was older. There he is. was under conservatorship. Okay. Uh, here's the sad part. You know, by the time they did a conservatorship, four hundred thousand dollars disappeared from his finances because you know people take advantage of folks. Because now you're in charge of somebody's bank account if you were assigned conservatorship to oversee somebody's work. So there's a lot of abuse that can happen in this in this stuff. Mara yeah. um, Mara Carey uh, was under conservatorship. But notice how for a lot of these celebrities or singers like Mariah Carey, Lizzie Nohan, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense, right, Jordan. at a certain age. Because you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. You have all the money that you can put. Yeah, you can about, blow all, it. All the fame, all the money, you know, the exposure, you know, people wanting to be you, people wanting to do you, people wanting to be around you. Mm-hmm. It's, easily, it's easy to literally do whatever the hell you want with your money and be extremely responsible. So yeah. as a parent, 
doing it for your child yeah. as a young, you know, teenager, late teen. Celebrity. Celebrity. All, all this it cash. makes sense. Yeah. Right? It makes sense. Or someone who has some form of disability. It makes complete sense. You know? So, uh, but for this situation, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in a great area with uh, Michael Orr. Money is um, a great magnifier. It's going to expose your values and principles, what you really believe deep down inside, whether they got no money or more money. So let me ask you this question. What do you think exposes more, when you have a lot of money or when you have no money? We have a lot of money. <laughs> we have a lot of money. You, the true you comes up. Because it's, yeah, because money's a magnifier. And so that's why a lot of people are afraid also of making a lot of money. Yeah. Because they can expose a lot of their virtues and, and the values and principles that's probably evil. They're exposed a lot of addictions. Now they can have a lot of money to get involved in a lot of dumb crap and stay addicted to that dumb crap. And, you know, we were just in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, one of the things we said on the first day of Las Vegas, I've been coming to Vegas for 20 years, every year for a business convention. I've never been to Las Vegas to gamble. I'm there to make money, not lose money. Mm-hmm. And then based on observation, guess how many people we saw gambling? Small percentage. The, the newbies. The newbies. The newbies. They, they think, and, and we told everybody, hey, mom, dad, aunt, uncles, Husbands, wives, if you're not coming to Vegas with your loved one and they're coming with us, we want you to know this is a business trip. We'll treat it as a business trip. And so, anywho, we, 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 we don't do those type of things on business trips. Uh, even though we have fun. We're in Bahamas. We we're, were having a blast a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. We're right there in the middle of the casino. I wasn't gambling. Listen, I know how much work, time, and effort it takes to make a buck for it to be lost in one dump of a cat and, and pull in, or one bet. Forget about it. So, speaking of money being lost, let's take a look at this article right here on the one-year inflation, one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. So, let's take a look at what gas prices were last year versus this year, okay? So, uh, Stephanie Myers puts out this tweet that in spite of inflation being down, so the word right now is last year, this administration put together the Inflation Reduction Act. A year later, we're much better. Are we really? So what is, by the way, I'm just curious, where you're from in the comment section, if you're watching this on a replay or right now if you're watching this live, what is gas prices in your neck of the woods? What was gas prices three years ago? What was gas prices when you were growing up? Those three things, put it down in the comment section below or if you're watching this live, put it in the live stream. I'm curious. Because if inflation was last year, okay, this is what inflation was last year. Inflation was, was way over 2020, uh, 2020, um, 2022. This was June and July of last year. So soaring inflation, if you go back to 2021, 7%, 8%, 6%, October 2021, 6%, 6%, 7.5, 7.9, 8.5, 8.3, 8.6, 9.1%. In June of 2022, July 2022. Now, here's what they're reporting today. One year anniversary to combat inflation, the rise in costs of goods, services, and just basically living. Well, they're saying that all items are down to 3.2%. <laughs> so we went from 9, 8, 9% down to 3.2% one year later. My question to you, is your food prices going down? Because according to here, food prices went back, went back down. Uh, 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 to 3.6%. Energy went down negative 20%. Is your, ga- is your electric bill cheaper? Is your gas bill cheaper? Let me ask you. Uh, is your, is your uh, energy cost, is your, uh, your purchase of vehicles cheaper this year than it was last year? I don't know. Educate us on your neighborhood. Because I've asked this question for the last two months. Has your cost of living gone down? Because this administration is saying we're 9% last year, and based on this act, the Inflation Reduction Act, we're now at 3.2%. But what's the reality? People are still in the same financial predicament, and things are still costing more money. I don't know. Have you experienced things going down? Airfare going down, gas prices going down, your energy prices going down, your rent going down? There's two things I miss. Gas in the late 90s when it was a dollar and 12 cents. Dollar 12 cents, a dollar nine. Missed those times. Um, as far as airfare, those COVID prices, you can fly across the nation for like $30. Chef's kiss. Yes. Um, but no, no. I, I travel a week, and you know, I travel every single week. And um, 
when I started traveling a lot more in, in uh, 2020, 2021, I was still I was like, okay, I, I, I'm, I, there's a big gap between the profit I'm making versus how much I'm spending. But right now, as the months have gone by and the years have gone by, that margin is starting to shrink. Because the airfare. Because the airfare is starting to shrink, 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 shrink. And it's also, I think, because you forced me to uh, upgrade from <laughs> Flying Spirit <laughs> to American and United. But e- even then, even even then, man, uh, it, I, I do notice the the difference in that. And now that we I have a house, the differences between renting yeah. a, an apartment to yeah. having an actual household where you have to pay for all the utili- utilities. And now it's a slap in the face. Um, but definitely everyone who has a house who are of my friend's circle who have multiple properties to rent them out, they're getting hit really hard. So yeah. now while that contract that they have with the people who are taking up their properties, now it's like, dude, like, I'm, I'm nervous of uh, this next month because our, the lease is coming to an end and I'm going to have yeah. to break it to them. Then I'm going to uh-huh. have to raise the rent because now I'm starting to break even and I'm not trying to break even. I'm trying to make profit off of this. So all of my friends who are involved in the real estate aspect or who are trust, renting out to different people, they're, they're definitely feeling the effect. If there's a lot of scams out there, this is one of the scams. There's a, what we feel is a college scam. We did interview Charlie Kirk last week. Man. Uh, a founder of the Turning Point USA. So he was in our stage last week, interviewed him in front of 10,000 people. And he's got a book out there called The College Scam. So the college pursuit of a piece of paper has been a scam for a lot of people. That people look and have this esteem on a college degree more than they need to. Now, I get it if you're a... Surgeon. Yeah. You know, get if you're a I'm lawyer. A get lawyer. It, right. You, be, you better go to college. Makes sense. Yeah. But if you just want to get a degree, for example, he says, here's asked one of the kids at college, what are you studying? He goes, entrepreneurship. He's like, dude, you don't study entrepreneurship. You do entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, you associate with entrepreneurs. You don't go from a college professor who's never been an entrepreneur before, who's just talking from podium from theory, who's never been an entrepreneur before. And so I've never got a college degree. You never got a college degree. Patrick never got a, Patrick, but Dave never got a college degree. Charlie Kirk never got a college degree. Interesting how those four names, they're doing fairly well in our lives at different stages in our lives, are doing fairly well without a college degree or without student loan debt. And so what they try to tell you on is, hey, you know, the people that make a lot of money are the are the folks that have a college degree. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know, that's arguable today because what do we see in our conferences? We, we just came back from a conference a couple weeks ago. We had people there with master's degrees, bachelor's degrees, PhDs, multiple degrees, comma, uh, comma alphabet soup after the last name, and where are they finding success and happiness in entrepreneurship. And so, right now, if you are getting hit with inflation and there's no help in sight, I mean, this administration just put an act in place to help you out. One year later, guess what? There's not a lot of help really in the realities of American lives. And so if you want to say, okay, that's a college scam, what's the next scam, Matt? I believe taxes are a scam. Taxes only started in 1911, 1912. I believe also inflation is a scam. So there's a lot of scams out there that you have to avoid. And so if you want to avoid and minimize the tax scam and minimize and avoid the inflation scam, our answer to that has been capitalism, has been entrepreneurship, has been free enterprise. No other economic system that we could have depended on allowed us the economic mobility to go from broke to balling, from poor to making money, making ends meet. I mean, Milton, I know you're, you're, you're frugal and there's some mindful expenses too as well, but have you really worried about airfare? I mean, have you really worried about putting gas in your truck, that monster you drive around that makes a lot of noise two miles in advance before you even know you're there? Do you even really worry about it, or do you just focus on what you can control, which is making more money, which offsets the cost of inflation, goods, and services? The last time I sat and I worried about how am I going to pay rent, how am I going to pay XYZ items, how am I going to get from point A to point B travel-wise across the nation, whatever the case may be, was probably during the pandemic. That was, that was the last time that I had to worry. But whenever I do start feeling a little bit of the heat of, wow, things are starting to stack up expense-wise, the only thing I, the only thing that comes to my mind is like, all right, great. How can I make more money this week? Great. How can I give myself a raise today? Great. Mm-hmm. What more can I do or what more do I need to do today? Not tomorrow, not the next week, not next year, but today to make more money. And now, obviously, having mm-hmm. the systems already in place, knowing what to do, who mm-hmm. to reach out to, how to work the system. I give myself a nice little raise every other day whenever I feel like I need it and any extra income that I have. 
pour it back into the business. Because, of course, pouring back into your business, it's what's going to help mm-hmm. you grow your business within itself. That's right. You're investing in a machine yeah. that's creating a lifestyle that you're 100%. That's why people come out to events. So let me ask you, and, and this is knowing from uh, being around a lot of the younger generation, uh, 18 to, let's say, 25, 24. Why is it that the younger generation, in your eyes, has a hard knock on the idea of capitalism? Why do so many people despise it? Why do they look frown upon it? Why, why do they knock it down so heavily? And it, it seems to be a mass majority of that population seems to be the, the what is it, Gen Z's, the mm-hmm. younger generation. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that is? Just like we just came back from Las Vegas. <clears throat> the lure of getting something for nothing is so strong. Why? Because our natural disposition as human beings is to be lazy. Yeah. You know that. You're a trainer. Yeah. People, oh my gosh. By the way, today I'm limping in because you just had me on a killer leg day on Monday. I'm limping in. Yeah. A lot of people limping in and in pain are like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give up the gym for a week or two. You know what I'm thinking about today? I need to hydrate because I see Milton later on tonight. Correct. At the gym. Yep. You know, so it's easier for us to quit on something because it's hard. And for a lot of people, if you don't think through it, okay, hey, I'm 17, 18, 19, 20. I'm new in this world. I like free stuff. Who wouldn't like free stuff? I like free stuff. Okay. But now you start making some money. You start to make a a business decision, financial decision, family decision. Now you're married and got kids. You start getting your gross pay and your net pay. And there's a big disparity between what you were supposed to get paid versus what you actually get paid because they start increasing what they take on taxes because who's going to pay for all this free stuff, which is a case for the government to raise income taxes across the board. And by the way, our our state where we're from, guess what they just raised, uh, raised taxes on? It wasn't income tax, property tax. The west side of Chicago, you know the west side of Chicago, mm-hmm. has the largest increase of property tax in the city of Chicago. Shit. And by the way, that's the hood. Austin District, that's the, you know that. Everybody from Chicago knows the west side is the hood. That's Chirac. South side, Chirac. So why are they raising property taxes in the most poor neighborhood of Chicago? They're trying to push people out, man. Exactly. They're pushing people out because they know they can't afford the property tax. They're sure. kicking people out through income taxes, property taxes, to gentrify... The neighborhood, like they did, like they did a uh, humble park, right? Pilsen, Pilsen, right? We used to call it humble park humble heights, yeah, because the gentrification of the neighborhood. So, why are we allowing other people to come into our neighborhoods that understand that understood entrepreneurship and capitalism works, and yet those same neighborhoods that were getting kicked out, we're depending on who the government. Same thing was going on in Maui, and I don't want to go much too off on the tangent, but the whole conspiracy right now was going on with Maui, the burning. Heirs of Lahaina. And by the way, we were there a couple years ago. Remember, we went to Hawaii a couple years ago. We yeah. went to Maui. We went to Lahaina. We went to, I love Maui. I took uh, a Ruben out there when it was, uh, we turned 13 years old. And that's where I taught him how to talk to girls in a very respectful manner. Yeah. Kid, you're 13 years old. Let me teach you how to talk to girls. Let me, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to Lahaina. And the oddest thing, too, as well, the whole city burned. The only thing that didn't burn, bro, was the church. The church is standing strong. There's some pictures out there. It's crazy. We'll, we'll post it on Instagram later on. But the only thing that hasn't burned down was the church. And that was the epicenter and the center of the Hawaiian kingdom. Why? Because the indigenous folks there don't want to sell their land to the millionaires and billionaires and investors that want to own that land. So there's a lot of conspiracy. Obviously, you got the research. Don't take my word for it. But take, take a look at what's going on there in, in Maui. So anyway, back to you having to make more money. Let's take a look at this article here, too, as well, if you go back here. So some people say, let me, let, me go, let me go make some money, right? Probably more for women than for guys. OnlyFans. So mom of two goes on OnlyFans to make more money. Side cash. Using her sexuality to make money. At the cost of what, though? At the cost of losing her friends and her family. And imagine having to be the kid that has to explain to their friends at school, is that your mom? Is that your mom? Really, that's your mom? Jeez, my dad's watching your mom on OnlyFans. How odd and eerie is that? So what? So she earned $3,000 a day from offering a girlfriend experience to people who subscribe to her on OnlyFans. Girlfriend experience. Whatever that is. 3000 a day. A day. Tells you there's a lot of money out there being spent on this type of crap. Okay? So anywho, a couple things. Yeah, you can make money. But at the cost of what? So short-term success, long-term misery. With that being said, Milton, you're a single dude. Would you ever date a girl that you later on found out has an OnlyFans page? No, but I'm willing to give someone 
that boyfriend experience for two thousand a day. <laughs> You're making two thousand dollars a day just to be someone's boyfriend or girlfriend. I know that there has to be more. There has to be freaking a lot oh more. Gosh. But no, in, in short, hell no. I can't, man. Of course, right? I can't. It's not, it's not even that I'm a jealous guy. Depends. But it's not that I'm yeah. a jealous guy. But I, I just I, I like the idea of being able to date. I want to date someone who's modest. I, I, maybe that's kind of outdated now no, during this time. But no. I, I just, you know, uh, I, I can't date someone that is on Instagram posting something online for clout, for attention. Yeah. You know, like for example, a lot, a lot of these gym chicks, and again, I'm not, I'm not slamming you ladies, you know, I'm good for you on going to the gym, feeling proud of your bodies, feeling great of your curves and everything that you have. Good for you. God has blessed you and all your hard work is showing it. Good. But you have women on, on social media who are, you know, fitness enthusiasts who go online and after a successful arm day or a successful shoulder day or a successful ab day, they're posting their asses on online and wrong body part. Right. So they're, they're in the mirror and then doing this shit here. Right. <laughs> and their asses there has nothing to do with the body part that they actually trained. Mm-hmm. To me, that just yells out. I want attention. Yeah. No matter whether, whether you say, and get it. whether you have Christ, get it. Christ or God above all things in your bios on Instagram, mm-hmm. it just yells out that you want attention. Your favorite scripture. Right? Or, you know, if I, if you're my girlfriend and you post a video of you with your friends in Miami, by the way, guys, if your girl tells you she's going to Miami with her girls for a weekend trip, <laughs> bad, bad freaking news but if my girlfriend's online on on, a, on her story or on, on one of her instagram posts from a weekend in miami mm-hmm. and she's on a random boat that you know damn well she can't afford and she's shaking ass i, I can't man i can't, can't have, I, especially in the, in the industry that i'm in the yeah. people that i'm around yeah the last thing i want to do is say hey man look at my girlfriend and yeah. you just see my girlfriend shaking her ass on social media yeah right i yeah. just i'm not saying you need to dress like a nun i'm not saying be completely covered in, in full clothing and you know, be extremely conservative, but mm-hmm. show some modesty. Yeah. You know, leave some mystery. Yeah, I like that. To me, that I shows that. respect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, dating Sheena. You know, when uh, when I saw her in her leggings, like, oh, oh, look at this girl, right, right. I want, yeah. I want a one of one. Men, me, I say for me, I want a one of one, and I want you to think about what I got that you can't have. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. But if everybody can get access yeah. to what I have. I mean, how special are you really? Yeah. And so when, you, when you're looking at it, you know, well, Matt, you know, the, the, Christianese, the, 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 the Bible says, you know, your body's a, a temple of the Lord. And what a great, beautiful temple it is. But it also means to honor the Lord. Yeah. Honor the Lord is your body. Yeah. And so when we're looking at this too as well, and, and the flip side could be said about men, but men are less, their, their profiles are less filled with, Women following them versus freaking some weird bunch of weird dudes following mm-hmm. a girl. Yeah, and and so you'll get a lot more of that. I mean, that's why. Here's a joke. Uh, so there's that restaurant Hooters, right? Uh, uh, chicken wings, right? And girls walk around in in, in orange uh, shorts. Hooters, you know that, right? You, you have a takeout in your refrigerator right now, right? So <laughs> the eyes that he's trying to give me, like he don't know. Please look at that. Please, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's got his. Order right here. Anywho. I'm a Twin Peaks type of guy. <laughs> so what's the equivalent to dudes? What's the equivalent of Hooters for women to go to, right? That's the equivalent of Hooters. Is there? Is there? I don't know. I've, I've never seen, I've, well, I've never Googled for it. But I also, at the same time, too, I've never heard of any women going to a Hooters for women. Ladies, who are watching the show, live or watching the replay. Are you, why, why are you Googling it, bro? I, I know, I've seen your search bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Tallywhackers. Tallywhackers. Oh my gosh, that's it. Jeez. Okay. I, by the way, up until ten seconds, I didn't know what it was. Thank you for educating me and our audience here the Million Dollar Gold Podcast. Tallywhackers. I'm not even. I'm not even looking at it. Okay, but uh, uh, in Vegas, I know it's the uh, Chippendales. Chippendales, right? Yeah, right there, advertised right in the airport. Thunder from down under, Grease Lightning. All these other guys' names, right? But, uh, but, what's more? Of a demand, women, women being watched by men, by men, then men being men. watched by women, and then if, if right, or is it men watching other men these days? I feel, I, I feel that women are a lot more sneaky, though, man. Just like just like when it comes down to cheating. Ooh, men, okay, men, uh, we're stupid, we're dumbasses. We don't know how to hide shit the correct way. And, and sorry for going. You're, on, you're, probably, you're so right about that. Women are a little bit more sneakier. Men, men do not know how to hide shit. Men don't. They get caught. They get caught up so quickly. Yes, they, they're dicks. They're, they're assholes. They're <laughs> douchebags. They're, they're f boys. Got it. But what about women? Women 
are so quiet. Women can be talking to about four or five different men and they will never encounter each other. Yeah. They will yeah. never know that the other guy exists. Women can literally go, if they wanted to, you can go around on a weekend and lay, go on multiple days with different dudes and they will never know. Because why? Because nowadays, if you ask a girl, hey, are we exclusive? Hey, I'm going on a date with you. Are you seeing anybody else? Why are you trying to control me? We just we barely know each other. Why are you, why are you trying to know all my business? So now it's even harder to even get to that point. But for yeah. women, it's easy for them to assume and say, oh, yeah, you're an automatic player. So a guy has to sit there and try to validate himself and say, hey, look, look, I'm letting you know right now. This is where I'm standing. This is where I'm at. And for, for a man yeah. to try to prove a point is a necessity. For a yep. woman to try to prove a point is, is not it's no longer needed because now if you try if you try to call a woman out of her bullshit, yep. now you're being controlling, now yep. you're being narcissistic, now you're being manipulative. Or, or no, or maybe I'm wrong, Mr. Married well, Man. Well, I I, th I think that also that uh, women because they talk more will find out faster, right? It, right. So if yeah. a woman's trying to date around, we'll never know because men don't want to talk to each other yeah. by nature. So so I have so, or or be embarrassed. Great. So I have an example. Uh -huh. I have an example, and I'm not proud of this. This happened one time in high school. This, I only cheated one time, and I I can say that. I can vouch for that. And I can. I feel very proud of saying that. What's his name, Milton? What's his name? <laughs> I'm not proud of the cheating. I'm proud of the fact that it only happened one time. It happened one time. <clears throat> Physical cheating, right? Um, now, hear me out. In high school, it was my high school sweetheart. We were having a lot of, again, I'm not trying to justify it, but at the same time I am. High school sweetheart, we were having a lot of problems. A lot of toxicity back and forth, okay? I ended up cheating on her with another girl. It happened like on a Thursday. Did you get pregnant? Did I get pregnant? <laughs> Motherfucker. It happened on a Thursday evening. And it, was, and it wasn't even a great experience. It was a horrible experience. It was like, like a two-pump chump type of experience, right? I was young, uh -huh. and I had no experience. It happened. This woman finds out the next day around 11 a.m. She calls me over, hey, let's hang out, my girlfriend. So I'm like, cool. I felt like shit, but I'm like, cool. I show up. She's sitting on her steps of, of her house. I'm like, oh, shit, she knows. I show up. She's like, why? I'm like, I'm acting stupid, right? Why what? She's like, why did you cheat on me? What are you talking about, right? Acting stupid. What are you talking about? She's like, I found out her sister called me this morning that you that you that she went over your house last night and you, and you guys slept together. Damn. So not even twenty four hours later, she found out, right? That's quick. So now, during that time, I'm feeling like shit, thinking that she's been extremely faithful, that she's been she's been loyal. I've been the only one to her, not knowing that for the entire time, the entire time that we've been together, she's been cheating on me multiple times. I found out seven years later. Damn. It took this woman less than 24 hours to find out. It took my ass about six, seven years to find out that she cheated on me. Women are a lot more sneakier when Damn. it comes down to them sneaking around. Men right. get caught very fast. All right. We got to do a poll, man. Ask our audience, whether you're watching the live or the replay, who's more sneaky when it comes to this type of stuff? Women. Automatically women. And then let me follow up with a comment. Stop that shit. <clears throat> Stop cheating on each other. <laughs> If you want nobody to cheat on you, guess what you got to put out to the universe, man? Anywho, so y'all need to grow up. So Not, by the way, you were in high school, so you, 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 got, you got to pass it. We didn't know. But, now you know. Yeah, I, I, by the way, this is the reason why I got divorced. Because at 22 years old, I found she was cheating. And I got divorced. Took, took you know, my world, right? And, uh, anyway, we can go on and on. But who cheats more? Put it on the comment section. Put it. Can, can we follow? Can we follow this one up with the uh, men live within your means? Stop trying to impress women. Let's do that. Let's watch that video. We got a quick clip here to check out. Yeah, Let's quick do clip. it. You ever taken your girl on a trip, but you secretly broke? <laughs> I say secretly broke because like you're not broke when the when the when the vacation starts, <laughs> but you know once you come back, you done. You homeless adjacent. <laughs> if she was to check your account, once you land, she'd leave your ass. But she don't know this. So she's having the, the trip of her life, just, just frolicking in the water, scuba diving, selfieing, taking selfies. You on the other side of the beach doing beautiful mind math, just tallying up shit. <laughs> so the, 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 she, the snorkels cost that, and then she, and she been eating a lot. Like, damn, she been eating, like... How you hungry at three in the morning? That's wild. <laughs> and so, and she went a boat. A squared plus B squared equals, bruh, I gotta get a job here <laughs> so we can leave. <laughs> Babe, you having a good time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You be crying through your teeth. So fun. We're having so much fun. One time I was on a trip in Cabo just bleeding money. 
And then it rained for two straight days. I was like, look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Ain't God. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. God is good. Yeah, exactly. You need to be able to learn how to live below your means and not go above and beyond for the, for the wrong one yeah. just to impress the wrong person. The yep. right person will stick by your side and watch you grow and grow with you. And also, you need to be money smart. Yeah. You need to be money smart, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why I got involved in the insurance industry. Yeah. Because I've been, I haven't paid for my vacation since mid-2000s because this industry, they reward its top people and they fly you all over, all over, all over the world. Remember I mentioned to you, I took my son to Maui at yes, 13 years old. That's because I got, I got flown out there by Royal Neighbors of America Insurance Company. I was a guest speaker out there teaching our agents in 2009 about how to use social media. And uh, they flew me out there, took my son out there, went to Maui. You get off the plane to put the lay on you. Yeah. And uh, that trip was funded and financed by me accelerating, accelerating in my career and creating a brand that uh, was worthy of somebody hiring me as a speaker. So that trip not only was paid for by other people, but any expenses I had on this business trip in the execution of doing my business in Hawaii, which is still the United States of America, was tax deductible. So going back to your business, uh, one thing that I saw, again, I'm not, I'm not part of Matt's business, but I've been around there for a couple of years. And the fact that I've been around those kind of people and that business specifically itself it's whether whether they see it or not. It's really done a lot for me mentally. It's helped me grow in so many areas, and I I am able to extract so much from their meetings, from their conferences. Because they're parallels, right? From the conversations yeah. that they have, yeah. I'm able to extract so much, and I'm able to add that to what yeah. I do for myself. So I'm internally grateful for that, Matt. But one thing I did notice about going to this meeting where there was a th thousands and thousands of people, mass majority of the people who are sitting on the main floor. Mass majority of the people who were crossing the stage or who were on the stage high fiving everybody, being recognized, straight, being yeah, recognized, yeah. right? Top performers, and then the top, four, the top, well, like three, four people or yeah. three, uh, what do you guys call hierarchies, base mm -hmm. shops, yeah. that were on stage mm -hmm. throughout the entire night, mm -hmm. receiving re receiving the awards, going backstage, taking pictures with with, with uh, the, the the speakers and Pat. One thing I noticed that made those people different than everybody else is that they were in a pair, married uh, couples, the, the, yeah, exactly, power married, couples, power couples, and. Now, I'm curious to you, uh, to ask you, do you think you'd be in the same exact position right now financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in business, would you be in the exact same spot, or do you think you'd be further out if you'd be doing a single? Well, in terms of if... if uh, would you be if, in the same if, spot? Oh, if, versus being married. Oh, by, by, by far, marriage has accelerated what I was supposed to experience in my lifetime in just eight years. You know, the Bible verse, one can set flight to 1,000, two, two can set flight to 2,000. And by the way, I'll go on record in saying this because I have no problem. If something were to happen to Sheena and I, of course she deserves half. Of yeah. course she deserves half. Yeah. She earned it. Yeah. Oh, I've earned it. But I'm going to do my part to make sure that that never, ever happens. Matter of fact, that D word never even comes. I don't even verbalize it. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't even verbalize that word. That's not an option for us. We don't want to destroy what we built the last eight years, married 10 years being together. And when we're, when we're looking at married couples too as well, there was so much invested in each other running a business. And so... Um, would I be just as successful being single? I could be, right? Yeah. Uh, because f before Sheena, for 14 years, I was a single dad. Yeah. So I leveraged other folks in my office, Rudy and Rosie Ortiz, at the time Richard, Richard and Karen Love, right? I, le I leveraged other couples in my business. So even though I was younger and single, I was around older and married yeah. as partners and as well as um, personal life. So from... Speaking from both ends, from a single guy who's doing well for himself in business and mm -hmm. for a man who's running a multiple seven-figure business for himself and for his family and for leading a mass amount of people, I want, I want to be able to touch on three topics when it mm -hmm. comes down to relationships because mm -hmm. obviously you have a relationship that does a lot for your company, that does mm -hmm. a lot for, for, for you, for your money, for your family. Yeah. You know? And again, we can go very superficial about this and tell the world this is exact, this is what it is, principles, values, and X, Y, Z, or we can go a little bit deeper and give like, you know, things that you, speci you specifically as a married man look for. So yeah. one of my main questions, if, if we can speak to the aspiring entrepreneur or current yeah. entrepreneur, or who's even sing, if you're not an single? entrepreneur, uh, or someone who's single, yeah. someone who's hoarding somebody, someone who's interested in somebody, how does one know yeah. if they're the one? First of all, they got to they match the same values and principles and faith that I do. What does that look like? Uh, does this girl believe in God? Does she believe in Jesus? Does she, uh, does she honor her mother? By the way, that's family. Does she honor her mother and father? Yeah. Are our parents still together? 
what's the relationship with the father and the daughter? What's the relationship with the, the daughter and the mother? Because that's also reflective of how, how things will blow up. I asked my wife one thing. When you and I get in a blowout, who's, who's your phone call? Who do you talk to? Who do you express? Her mom. Awesome. Yeah. It wasn't a guy. It wasn't her girl. And guess what the mom was saying when she was on the phone with Sheena? Yeah. She's defending our relationship. Good. She wasn't saying, break up with that fool. Da, da, da. No, there's no uncle. Hey, he's a single dad, three kids. You're, you're about to be the next. She wasn't saying that. She yeah. said, hey, babe, you made a commitment to date this guy. He's going to the next level. Maybe you need to rethink your shortcomings when it comes to this relationship. So that's, that's what that looks like to me. So when I saw then Sheena, I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is kind of like what I was looking for. So that kind of aligns with, at least for me, as a single guy in business or whatever it is that I'm doing, uh, for a single guy where I'm at, where I'm at, my position, 31 years old and no mm-hmm. kids, none of that, mm-hmm. kind of aligns with my four non-negotiables. And that's, you must have a relationship with God. Yeah. Don't be a religious person. I'm not saying be a religious person. I'm not saying you have to be a nun. I'm not saying you have to go to church mm-hmm. six Bible days banger. a week. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But have a relationship with God and goes along with what you said. Who do you run to when we get into an argument? The circle that you, the circle that you have, do they encourage you to work on your relationship or to try to drive you to different areas that are going to distract you from who we, yeah. what we're supposed to be? Number two is having open and honest uh, communication. Communication is one of the biggest things. If I don't know what's going through your head. Women assume mm-hmm. for some reason that men yeah. are supposed to know what they're thinking. Yeah. And that hasn't happened in yeah. years. Right? Marriages, married men can tell you that. Married women can tell you that. Um, number three is I don't run with cheating. If, if you cheat one time, I'm done. Zero. That's a non-negotiable. Uh, non-negotiable for me. Completely non-negotiable. And number four is have the mindset of consistent self-improvement. Yeah. Right? I want to be able to be with someone who's consistently willing to grow mm-hmm. in different departments. Yep. Our relationships, our finances, yep. our business, yep. whatever, whatever department that is that we're, we're, we're seeking after. Mm-hmm. But someone in the comments just asked you, I think, because obviously I'm, I'm single, any advice to those who are, sing- who are in, in the industry, your industry, mm-hmm. and are single, especially women? Uh. Well, I'm not sure if I can give women advice, but I'll just, you know, for me is, I, I'll just say just in general yeah. that the best relationship that came into my life is the ones I weren't looking for. Mm. At right? certain timing, you know, for me, I just trusted God's timing. Yeah. I trusted at certain doors. My prayer is like, Lord, close doors that only you can close, but at the yeah. same time too, only open doors that you can open. Yeah. And let me gain further trust in that, yeah. not further trust in my relationships and, and yeah. being able to find the right woman. But let me gain further trust in you, God, because you know what I need. You know what my purpose is. You know what I was designed for. You know exactly what I'm here on earth to do. I'm not so sure about that, but I know you're going to send the right woman in place, the right partnerships in place to magnify what it is that you purposed me here on earth to do. So uh, piggybacking off of that, um, the woman who asked this question, uh, you, both you and I know her, um, you having you still having your mother in your life, having a wife, mm-hmm. and also having daughters, and being surrounded by a lot of women in the mm-hmm. issue that you're in. Uh, I know from how she's asking, what she's asking is, how does a woman approach the type of industry again yeah. being single, when it, when you're in an industry that involves recruiting, prospecting, and having a network with men who, yeah. when you try to prospect, when you try to prospect or network with a guy and you're yeah. an attractive woman, yeah, don't no zero, don't prospect the dudes, yeah, prospect the women, prospect Only, yeah. prospect the wives. Because if, if, if I'm a guy, yeah. I'm single, and I'm trying to approach a, a woman about business, guess what that woman's already going to think? I'm picking up on her. Yeah. Same thing with, too, with, with um, <clears throat> especially men. If an attractive woman approaches a guy, what is the guy thinking? In the barracks, in the Marine Corps barracks, they used to have people going door to door in the barracks selling magazine subscriptions. And guess who they send into the Marine Corps barracks? They'd send a bunch of women. Yeah. And the whole time, they're, and I felt so sorry for them, the whole time they're being harassed, hooted and hollered the whole way down, and some knucklehead would eventually buy it because he just wanted her company in the barracks. Yeah. Right? And like, you fool, why'd you buy that? Because he just wanted her company. But they would send a woman to go sell magazines in our barracks. Why not another dude? Yeah. Because they knew Marines would obviously pay attention to a woman. So if, if you're a woman, if you're a dude, I'd just go same sex. Women go prostitute women. If you see a married man, go talk to his wife right away. By the way, even at the convention, when would come up to me, Matt, I'm, I love your talk on stage. I acknowledge her, thank you so much, and right away I look for her husband. Right? And I'd honor and respect the husband. Hey, so nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you, man. I appreciate you coming to Las Vegas. Because right? I don't want her thinking anything different. Anyway, back, back to the question about being single. Perform. Because what does a single man that might be seeking you out would like to see his wife, f- future wife do? Perform. Perform. If he has, a, if he has a strong identity. Jennifer Bet David was a performer yeah. before Patrick Bet David was attracted to her. Sheena Helan 
was a performer before I decided to wife her up. They were performing. They were taking care of the duties. Proverbs 31, right? Proverbs 31 says, right? If you go down the, the analogy of Proverbs 31, not the analogy, the story of Proverbs 31, she, uh, verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches o- over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. So therefore, look at Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10. A virtuous wife. Before you become a virtuous wife, you become a virtuous woman, single woman. Same thing too with men. If you want to have a virtuous wife in your life, you also have to be a virtuous dude. So this too applies to men. Final question. Since, again, you're in a company that's extremely diverse. Mm-hmm. Mass majority, not mass majority, but majority of your company is women, Right. Uh, yes, yes. Women Majority women. of our company's women, yeah. Yeah. And you have different ethnicities. 34 year old Latina, to be exact. There you- <laughs> <laughs> hey. Milton's advertising. If, uh, hey. his, his OnlyFans page is forward slash Milton Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> so, being in a company that's, that's diverse and you have a variety of flavors, belief yeah. systems, you know, everything. And you guys run with that identity really strong because you guys believe in giving everyone equal opportunity when it comes down to making mm-hmm. money, capitalism, XYZ. Right, great, fantastic. Do politics and religion really play a yes. factor in your decision yes. as a partner? Yes. Massively. Yes. So let's say everything's perfect. Yes. Everything, the way they think, their morals, their principles, the way they carry their money, the way they treat their parents, the way they walk in life, Listen, the way they that's treat massive. you. massive. Why is that so important? Because it's a value system. It's a value system based on a values and principles system. If you, if you don't have the right values and principles, the, 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 the merger of you together and you're opposite in your politics and opposite in your religion, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have conflict in, in, in that relationship. What if both are indifferent about both, both aspects? Well, well, guess what happens when you start having kids? What are you going to start feeding the kids? Right? And then arguments happen because you're trying to raise a kid this way, but the other parent wants it this way. No, yeah, you got conflict. All, speaking of conflict, what about the way your parents raise you? By default, when you start raising kids, you become your mom and dad. It's the weirdest thing. No shit. You be, like subconsciously just became your mom, like, oh my gosh, I'm my, I'm, I'm, I'm my dad. I just sound like my mom. I just sound like my dad. That's going to happen to you. Why? Because subconsciously, that's in the way your childhood upbringing or trauma was registered in your subconscious level. So if you are opposite of that, for example, spanking. Do, do you spank? I was, I was beat down when I was, when I was a kid. Okay, do you, do you spank your kids? Do you believe in pow pow? I believe, believe in spanking. Right? Yep. I do too as well. Do you believe in, do you believe in time out? Do you believe in, in, in same-sex marriage? Do you believe in the woke agenda? You, do you believe in, in uh, uh, allowance? Right? So the, a lot of these things come up. I don't believe in allowance. I don't believe in this woke agenda. Right? Because I don't want my kids just sitting around the house thinking that just because they're sitting around, they have my last name, they just get a check. Yeah. Now I'm raising my children to be on welfare. I'm raising my ki- kids to have entitlements. Listen, just because... You're here around, you have my last name, doesn't mean you get, you got crap. You got two things going your way. The God woke you up today, and you got, you got breath in your lungs. Outside of that, nobody owes you anything. In fact, outside of that, that was a blessing, by the way. So yeah. someone can take that away too as well, and not me. It's a good Lord who can take it away. Sorry. No, 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 no. But it's, it's a big thing, though. I mean, if, if by the way, Sheena, yeah. her parents are very opposite politically. We go inside her house. First thing that's on our TV when they're, when they're in town, CNN. She was like, turn that off. Now, think about this. She was raised in Northern California. She was raised in Sacramento, where oh, the government of California is, the capital. Yeah. But Sheena went to college in, in, in Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania, right? Uh, she's in sales. All of those things, sports, sales, business, they're all about meritocracy. Not about, okay, you're just hanging around, and let me just get... Let me just get a handout instead of a hand up. So a lot of these things, for me, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but it's worked out for me in terms of making sure they went. Now, by the way, also I need to make sure my children are on the same wavelength politically. Yeah. So therefore, if you're raising kids, they got to be around you. They got to be around your, your thought process because Char- what Charlie Munger did, who's the mentor to Warren Buffett, he'd have dinner with his kids and he taught his kids not what went right during his day, but what went wrong a mistake that somebody did in business around his kids. So therefore, when the kids were raised, they learned all the mistakes from having dinner with their dad. Of what went right, what went wrong, that was dinner. Not what's going on with sports, not what's going on with Michael Jordan, LeBron James, blah, 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 all, that, all that crud, right? Even though I'm a big sports fan, yeah. it's not going to consume me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to learn more about a, a athlete's stats than me really consuming what's going on in the world and the decisions that impact my life. 
not only for this generation, but for future generations. So if your girl doesn't think long-term and you think long-term, if your girl thinks short-term and you think long-term, conflict. One thinks about entitlement versus one that wants to earn it. Conflict. Your girl wants to spend right now money right now because she had a girl she thinks she deserves it versus you saying, I got delayed gratification. You see what I mean? Right now you're going to have conflict. You're going to get mad at each other. That's why these conservativeships with these kids are, are off. That's why they're so mad at their parents. They're off on those values and principles. You get your wheels turning, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning too. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have kids. I'm not married. So whatever you know, he speaks about, or I, I listen to both sides. I, mean, I, listen, I listen to both sides. People who are in interfaith, mm-hmm. intercultural, interracial yeah. marriages, and from the outside, they're, they're blooming. And they, they, they tell me, like, hey, man, it's working. It's, it's going to take a crap ton of work, but it's working. And then I hear the opposition of it. I'm like, hey, man, this is where we stand. This is where we're at. And you got to stand strong on your belief system. And you, no matter what happens, do not budge. Find something that's extremely like-minded as you are. So you know what's going to be the big, re- the big revealer? Time. Time. Time is a big revealer. Time is a great revealer of what philosophies worked right and what philosophies didn't. Yeah. Time will only tell. So temporarily, they may be going great. Five years, 10 years, great. We'll know 30, 30, 40, 50 years down the road whether that really worked out or not. Speaking of which, Barbara Corcoran, one of the sharks in Shark Tank, yeah. she said, I'm going to invest in kids, but specific kids. Let's take a look at this. I don't invest in rich kids, which isn't really true, but almost true. Because rich kids on Shark Tank come with a couple of attributes that disturb me, okay? And then I'll go on to my own rich kids in a minute. <laughs> They're not in the audience, are they? Okay. Rich kids come in with a couple of disadvantages, I feel, okay? They've had the right jobs because they had the right contacts. So they had the right apprenticeships in different, right companies in their summer months when they're teenagers. You know, they get the right introductions, okay? Uh, poor kids are usually waiting tables and scrapping, mm-hmm. dealing with customers, spilling coffee, and getting shouted at. <laughs> a little different, okay? Rich kids, when starting businesses on Shark Tank, the ones I see on Shark Tank, feel like have gone to the finest schools. And what comes with going with the, to the finest schools, especially business schools, what comes is a certain attitude that they know it. That's a dangerous attribute to have in anything when you're starting out in anything, okay? But what they do know is they know all about business as an observer, but they don't know business as, as an a operator. player. Oh, wow. Whereas poor kids tend to have had hardship. They've had to be a player earlier. They've had to contribute to the family. They've seen their parents struggle. They know the power of a buck. And then the last is an injured poor kid is, for me, a guarantee that I'm going to make money Hmm. if he's got the ego to prove somebody else wrong. Wrong. Love of money doesn't make him a good (laughs) entrepreneur. Most great entrepreneurs really aren't focused on the money at all. It kind of just happens because they're focused on being phenomenally successful. I love it. That's, that's been my gut. She just articulated my gut. When I'm looking at kids when I'm recruiting folks, that's one thing I look for too as well. People that have been injured and are willing to put their money where your mouth is and say, you know what, everybody my entire life has been told I'm too tall, I'm too skinny. I'm too black, I'm too brown. I live on this side of the tracks. My career score is too low. I don't have enough certification. I got the right credentials. Give them the right opportunity, that kid is going to prove everybody wrong, man. And I'm so excited to see that type of person coming to my life, male or female. And so when that, that type of person comes in, yeah. All they need right now is a platform to express it. Yeah. Deep down, express their, their ability to say, you know what, I'm going to prove everybody in my entire life that they thought wrong about me. Because, again, time is a big revealer to how a lot of people feel about you, your marriage, your relationships, the business decisions that you make. But also, I mean, uh, you, you, you would also agree that a lot of this roots from the way you're brought up, the way your parents treat you and the way... You treat your parents. Sure. How passive are your parents if you talk back to them? How passive are your parents when, yeah. you know, when you act up or do certain certain things and they just kind of say, it's okay, it's okay Timmy. Yeah. Don't worry about it, Timmy. And then you, the kids have the overpowering factor in, in the household versus a parent who has a foot down and who's a lot, you know, who has the hardworking mindset, who has a, a you know, more authority. Because yeah. you've seen those households nowadays. I mean, I don't want to say specific cultures are racist, but... There are certain households that are a little bit more passive with the way they raise their kids, and then you've seen certain cultural yep. households, yep. like the Latinos, African-American households, mm-hmm. that are a lot more stern with, with the way they raise their kids, and those are the kids who tend to have a better outlook on life sometimes. Yep. Um, so that way they, they have the proper tools that they need and character tool, characteristics that they need so they, so they can actually succeed better versus having the, the opposite, op, the, the opposite uh, 
uh, of the spectrum where you raise in an entitled household, you speak to your parents the way you do, you want to, you don't get your ass whooped for talking back, and then you grow up into an adult yep. to where you feel entitled to get certain promotions or yep. certain titles. Yep. Right. And leading to that, if you are you cool to finish this podcast um, with one final video, that's a funny one. Yeah. Let's take a look. By the way, to, to, to yeah. finish your point, it's one thing to be raised with a certain level of childhood trauma. Yeah. But it's also up to the child to grow for the rest of their life and what to do with that trauma. Yeah. Is it an excuse of why you're not succeeding or is it a reason why you are succeeding? Mm. It's that kid's choice. Yeah, it's a perspective. And their attitude. Yeah. And who they're surrounding themselves with, what politics they believe in, what faith they buy into, that goes into going forward. Because I've seen a lot of folks with major disparity in their life. They see how they're crushing it in their life. Same time, too, major despair in life. Mm-hmm. Everybody's to blame. They're the yeah. victim. Yeah, let's finish up this uh, next one on the uh, it's video. It's titled Kids Don't Need Privacy. If you beat your kids' ass more often, <laughs> you wouldn't have the problems that you're having up at these schools right now. I'm telling you, that's what it is. You see all these kids getting shot in these schools? That's why them kids are shot all up in Colorado. Some punk-ass parent letting their motherfucking kid do whatever he want to do. Talking about, I never just walk in his room. That's his privacy. Mm-mm. That ain't his my privacy. House. That's my motherfucking house. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he ain't pitching in on the rent. He ain't bought no goddamn groceries. That's my house. You just stay here. Don't you ever motherfucking forget it. I wish I would knock on my boy. I got a 15-year-old. I wish the fuck I would knock on his goddamn door. This how I walk in his room right here. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that stuff out, boom. That's right, drawers, pulling it all out. You ain't building a bomb in this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Inspection. That's it. Yeah, that's it, man. I mean, that's where men need to take charge of their home. You got to be the leader, man. You got to be the leader. My kids try that. It's my house, my space. Are you kidding me? No way. No way. That, that happened once, done. And the twins saw that, they didn't even bother to even ask. So, you know, that, that's, that's where the breakdown in the families today. It's weakened men. It's allowed parents to be passive. I, I kid you not, I saw this other video of this lady who affirmed that her son was a cat because he says he's a cat. And she, instead of taking him to the ER for a sickness, he took him to the vet and he t- she told the vet my son identifies as a cat and the guy's like well i'm sorry i'm i'm not qualified to deal with a human in my veterinary clinic take her to take him to a she said listen my son sees a cat i say he's a cat you need to acknowledge that he's a cat and she's like he's like ma'am he's not a cat this is a <laughs> little boy right and she's like well i'm not gonna press charges I'm not going to file a lawsuit against discrimination. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's an actual thing? That's an, that's an actual video? I thought she was joking. I thought it was a parody. Yeah. She was like deadlock serious. And so where are the parents today? And if you are that parent, step up and make your leadership known. And because if there's a way to break down America, it is breaking down the American family. Want to break down the American family? You break down the man first. And guess what has happened? In 1962, when they started removing uh, prayer in the Bible from schools, the breakdown of morality... And values and principles has eroded our country since the 60s. And the t- today is a product of what we have today is this timeout culture, which I get. I totally understand. But kids trying to affirm. If the kid says, I can't drive or uh, 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 buy alcohol until I'm 21, then why are you allowing this kid to affirm that he's a damn cat? You're the parent. You take charge. Quit damn being bullied by your children. Be a leader. Step up. Have a backbone. That's what America is known for. So, appreciate you sharing that video. I can't wait to be a, I can't wait to be a father, man. <laughs> I can't I can, by the way, I cannot wait for you to become a father. Honestly. I can't wait for you to be married. I can't wait for you to be a father. Married comes first. Yep. You're going to be an amazing dad. Hopefully. All the things. No, I know you will. All the things that you've shared with me with your father, what you're going to do to your, your son, your daughters, mm-hmm. the expression that you have. Because I already see in the way you take care of your clients. I already see the way you take care of your business. Being, being a dad for you is going to be a, a, a massive joy in your life. At the same time, too, as well. Don't rush it. All right? Don't rush it. That, God's going to have his time. He's going <laughs> to... 
Tito give some tissue. <laughs> oh man, this this guy right here, this guy's a stud. And so, for those of you out there, man, appreciate you tuning into the Millionaire Goals podcast. Yeah. Podcast dedicated to help you think like a millionaire, man, because. In order to start becoming a millionaire, you just got to start thinking it first. And I hope it's through the lens of the Bible, of your faith, of your values and principles. And that's how you become not only a millionaire, but a sustainable millionaire that exponentially grows over time. So therefore, you can pass those on to your children too as well. So next week, next Wednesday, we got episode 33. And uh, we have some very interesting uh, topics for next week. A lot of different current events. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel. Please drop your comments, your feedback. You agree with us? You don't agree with us please put in the comment section below we want to know what other topics you want us to also bring up as well so uh milton great hanging with you this week and uh make sure you click that like button and you subscribe until we meet again continue to live smart continue to love smart and be mighty smart today see you next wednesday bye-bye